Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. And thanks for joining us here on the Next Level Brands Podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of online and in-person courses and workshops for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you're selling on a regional basis at farmer's markets or maybe just online, and you want to expand your retail distribution, you should look into the courses and webinars at Kitchen to Shelf. Want to learn more about distributors, co-packers, handling trade funds? Kitchen to Shelf can help you learn what you need to know to grow. More details at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two shelf.com. Hi, I'm Steve Clear. This is the Next Level Brands Podcast, and I have with me today is my guest, Lizzie Ackerman, who is the co-founder and also Doctor of Pancake at Birchbenders. Lizzie is a co-founder. She is the, the number one natural waffle mix brand and the fastest growing frozen waffle brand in the U.S. Under her leadership, Birchbenders' diverse portfolio has expanded to include pancake and waffle mixes, frozen waffles, snack cups, and my favorite, monk fruit sweetened soups. Sy- syrups, sorry. Birchbender's products are available in over 15,000 locations, including Walmart, Costco, Target, Whole Foods, Kroger, and et cetera. With seven first-to-market launches in the past five years, Lizzie and Birchbender's brand have built a reputation for innovative, delicious, clean-label, and functional products. She graduated from Yale University with honors in history of science and history of medicine and was a 2017 Forbes 30 Under 30 recipient. When not brainstorming new innovation with her husband and co-founder, Matt, Lizzie also enjoys skiing, hiking, running, and spending time with her six-month-old baby boy, Waylon. Welcome to the show, Lizzie. Thank you so much for having me. You have been busy. Yes, very. (laughs) Very busy. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, everything, you know, when you do a little bit of research and stuff and whatever, uh, you obviously were very dedicated to medicine and science as well. Um, Yeah. You don't go to Yale and, and, and get advanced degrees with doing this where did that all of a sudden switch to food (laughs) well yeah so after college i did my post-bac pre-med in basically a year it's like just took all my pre-med classes and then i had one class left which is organic chemistry and i figured i that matt and i were dating and I, i figured boulder would be a great place to just take that last class you know study uh study through the MCAT, ski a bunch, and then go to med school. But um, around that same time, Matt had had this idea of like a instant gourmet just said water pancake. And he was working in the kitchen making recipes. And I was going to um, organic chemistry lab and had this thought like in, in science, you do double blind taste tests um, all the time. Yeah, that's uh, sorry, double blind experiments. So I thought, well, what if we do double blind taste tests on different ingredients? So we started really like nerding out over like flour. We started with flour and did like over, tried over 30 varieties of organic flour double blind. And then we started doing that with all of our recipes. And I, I just was having so much more fun, like, making pancakes and I was studying for the MCAT. So, and maybe in another life, I could totally see being a doctor, but I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing now. It's a, it's a lot of fun. So, um, okay. So uh, other question I had written down was, is can you let us all know what a birch bender is? Oh, birch bending. Yes. So it's a pastime. Um, Matt's from Maine. And um, instead of like, you know, watching TV, like his, like one of the things he would do when he was growing up was like go birch bending. So you climb up a birch tree and they're super supple, like supple, they'll, they'll just bend you back down to the ground. 
Like it, it, it's super fun. You don't want to try that with an Aspen that, that will crack, but it will crack, um, snap. yeah, on. it'll snap. You do not want to do that with Aspens and they look similar, but you can do that with birches. And it was also made famous by Robert Frost in his poem, birches. One could do worse than be a swinger of birches. We just thought it was really fun. And like, eating pancakes it's just like it's a very like natural happy american tradition it's um we also didn't want to tie ourselves just to pancakes when we were starting our brand so um birch bending just kind of it uh it, it, it. sort of it just had the spirit of our brand yeah it's <laughs> more like very much about you know natural products and um yeah and and enjoying the great outdoors so I, it, it, it made me originally, when I first saw the brand, it made me think of the people who used to, uh, the, the, the water diviners, right? Who used to walk around with the, with the branches and, and they, they could tell where there was water, where you should drill your well by you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Uh, but certainly, yeah, great on the all, all natural front. So you guys are cooking up pancakes in the kitchen or whatever. Um, that, 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 that's a, pastime and fun when does the idea that you're going to make this a business and it come out and were you guys both on dietary restrictions or following keto or what were you doing at the time you were putting it together um no we weren't not initially um though i have done many many whole 30s and i'm currently uh, mostly keto um but no, at the time we, we didn't originally start with the paleo and keto options we just had organic options um, that we have written initially launched. And when we got into Whole Foods, and that was um, trying, that was like fall 2012, we got into a couple Whole Foods locally. That's when I started, we like really decided we're going to commit to this and, um, and make this work. So we started doing demos at Whole Foods just in the, we were just in like a handful of stores in the Rocky Mountain region. Um, yeah. Like we, we weren't even in UNFI or anything yet. Um, so Matt and I figured, you know, if we're going to stay on the shelves at Whole Foods, we're going to need to demo all the time because nobody knows who we are. No one has tried our brand with no brand awareness. So we started doing demos twice a day, every day. And we did that for 18 months. Um, and I, I like literally still have PTSD from that. But um, it was at the time we were doing this just to support sales. But in retrospect, we learned like we learned so much about our brand and our products and what people liked and what they didn't and the industry. It was, it was a great like long-term marketing experiment of sorts. Yes. And, you know, people would give us like really brutal feedback about like, okay, they didn't, we originally sold it in jars. I had one guy at Whole Foods in Boulder. He'd be like, he was like, you're shame on you. How wasteful that you're selling this pancake mix in a jar. And like, People didn't like the jar thing, but they liked the taste. So we always had these right. great tasting products. We just didn't have the right price pack architecture. We had a, we had a lot to learn. So we would take that feedback and be like, okay, well, so people don't like the price, but they like the, like, and they don't like the jar format, but the pro the, the recipes are really good. Um, so yeah, it, that helped lead us to pouches. Um, and we started seeing, you know, what flavors were working, which ones weren't. So we discoed a couple really delicious flavors in, in the early days. And uh, yeah. And then 2015, we launched the pouches, which was uh, actually, no, that was uh, 2014, right. um, which are very similar to the ones we sell now. And it really just, when we finally got that price point right, things just took off. But um, we just didn't have, you know, we didn't have experience in food. Just, we were like, just we started this right out of college so we had right it, like in no way was birch benders an overnight 
its success. We had to have a lot of, there was a lot of pivoting and a lot of iterating and guessing, and, um, frankly. Learn, and Learn by doing. We finally, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, but when we finally got the price back architecture right, then things just started moving without us having to demo all the time, which was fantastic. <laughs> um, and then it was 2015 that we were, that we started thinking independently, like, we think this paleo thing is going to be big. And then at the same time, we were thinking about making a paleo pancake. We had Whole Foods come to us and say, like, can you make me a paleo pancake? Our buyer at the time um, asked us and we were like, sure, we can do it. Um, and 99 recipe attempts later, we, we made it. It was really, really difficult to develop, but uh, it, it's been a huge success. And obviously, you know, we were first to market also with keto and we love being first to market. We're kind of all about that. Right. Always important. Um, like always innovating. You, you, you and Matt, when you start in, did you take, um, did you take samples and stuff just to the local Boulder stores and try to get store managers to try them? How did yep. you do the rollout? Um, yeah. In the beginning, like we had a local broker, but we were also going up to the stores and literally like selling it into store managers. Um, and we were delivering it um, to Whole Foods ourselves um, before, until we got a couple of regions of Whole Foods, then we got, finally got into UNFI, but that it didn't start that way. It was, um, one thing I will say though, is we never made the product ourselves. We always have had a co-packer, even when we were doing like runs of like a thousand jars, we always had a co-packer. Um, so we, but yeah, we did self-distribute in the beginning, which was uh, exhausting. And, and co-manufacturing co is a, um, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely, um, and the, the majority of people in the business end up going that way and, and yep. let less capital, sometimes more flexibility. Uh, yeah. And it's, like, it's nice to outsource what you're not an expert in. Like we <laughs> are experts in, like we are brand and product people, but I, I don't know anything about making like manufacturing. So it just felt, we just never wanted to do it ourselves because that would, require much more capital up front and um yeah and, and the, the challenge of, of scaling yeah right? scaling, totally. scaling a recipe you know because yep. it has to become a formula and sometimes you know it doesn't quite work out the same way so you got to have somebody who knows the you know knows the materials yeah now the hardest part though in the early days we just had to do a lot of um when we got our first co-man, it, it definitely took a lot of like convincing them that this was going to go big because our quantities were very, very low when we started. So sure. uh, you, you have to like sell them on the idea of the future success, I, which I, is always I, hard. I know I will talk to people who will say, Oh yeah. And I went to this, you know, one, you know, co-manufacturer and they just said, you know, you know, we're really not doing any of this anymore because we've had so many problems in the past. And, and, you know, it, it, it's true that, that, that there are some that are more willing to take risks than others for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's it, that versus the thought of actually going out and trying to raise money for a capital investment of equipment. Wow. It just, yeah, you know, seems to be, be a better idea. Although there are people who do the specialized nature of what they're producing, feel that they have to keep control of totally. Production. So you just, just yeah, it's it, it's just really depends on your business model. But um, we all, we just wanted to we were really laser focused on getting developing the branding and um, growing a sales story, so we would have had no bandwidth. Yeah, um, and, yeah. And Whole Foods was the, obviously first major account. Uh, that was our first major one. Yep. 
Yeah. And then, and then where did you guys, did you have a plan to. So we spent, we, yeah, we were, we really stayed just in, um, in a handful of Whole Foods for those 18 months that we were demoing. We weren't growing a ton because we needed, we were still at the point, we still hadn't like perfected the price pack architecture. We were still selling jars and that wasn't right. So we didn't expand. A good thing that we did in retrospect um, was we, we did not grow really fast overnight because we just felt like we had it. The product was not moving fast enough unless we were demoing it. So we knew we needed to get that, the product to at the right price point, the right size before we expanded. Um, and that took, yeah, that took almost like two years, 18 months, 24 months about. Yeah. yeah. So then 2014 is when we would, although we incorporated in 2011, I consider like our official launch as a brand in 2014, because that's when we debuted our, our pouches. And that's when at Expo West, it was our first Expo West. And ah, yep. we, that's where things started to take off. Um, and we started really growing. Um, but then we even had to pivot one more time because we de- debuted the pouches, but it was in a 24 ounce size retailing at like $8.99 and $6.99. And that was just too expensive. And so we were like, then we had this meeting um, that I'll, I'll never forget with King Supers and uh, Mathis, the buyer at the time was like, you know, you've got a great brand and great tasting products, but man, if you could get under that $5 barrier, you'd really be onto something. It was like, your, your size is too big. And we walked out of meeting and we're like, oh my God, I think we need to change our product size again. So then we, uh, oh. we went to, and yeah, so we went from like jar to big pouch to then uh, reducing the size of the pouch to a smaller pouch, um, which was a pain in the ass, but so worth it um, because that's when things started just selling. It started selling itself. So we, it took a while. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and were you looking at like with your target audience of the fact that you could safely maybe go to a smaller size because it was couples, but maybe not couples with five children? That yeah, kind of consideration. It, and it, totally. And um, and the smaller size also means people will repurchase it more, so the higher turns. Um, but right now we're like a very normal size. We were twenty four ounce was definitely on the large size scale, and we just yeah. it just was too big. So. Yeah, it was when we finally got that right size that things really started to sell themselves. And then we started, but the, yeah, I guess the whole point, the, the point I'm trying to make is we were, I'm, I'm really happy in retrospect that we went through all those packaging changes while being in a very few stores. Cause that would have been way more sure. difficult with slotting and everything had we been in a, a thousand stores versus a couple dozen. So we made all those changes and mistakes and all of that on a really small scale. And then when we got it right, then it was like, okay, pedal to the metal, let's go. And we started hiring and really growing. Um, but but fortunately really didn't have much distribution um, while we were still in that iterative phase. Yeah. Yeah. Did you look at, were you guys looking sort of at a, a, then expansion on a geographic basis? Or were you picking target accounts? Were you trying to stay in natural? What, what was the- We started in natural. Um, and then when we, um, yeah, when we got the right products, we started, we really wanted to own natural first before going into conventional for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, that's just our roots. Uh, two, we, we, you know, you can't, conventional is harder. It's less forgiving. You need data. We just didn't, we couldn't afford that in the beginning. Um, natural like they're more willing to work with you if you're if you have any delays they're just a little they're a little more forgiving you know yep. working with a costco or walmart stores that we sell to now um they can't mess up 
And so we just didn't have like the team to go too big, too fast. So we really focused on natural for the first year, few years. And then in 2015, Target came to us and said, you know, we really love your brand. We want to take you in all your, all stores. So that was our first like mass account. Um, and then from there, we slowly but surely started really getting into conventional. And now we're, we've got huge distribution at conventional and sell really well there. But um, our roots are natural and we always make sure to keep our natural buyers happy along with our conventional ones. Um, so yeah, now we sell to, you know, like all those, all the major amount counts. Yeah. Like Kroger, Safeway, Publix, Walmart, uh, Target, Costco, or in all regions of Costco. So, but we didn't, we, we did, we did the, uh, we did that slowly. We wouldn't have been able to go to all those stores immediately. So. Yeah, and I think I think the slowly part of it actually helps a lot. It does, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's great to get meteoric growth, but not if you can't really support it, or you know, if, totally. if the product ends up in the wrong in in the wrong place and doesn't doesn't move real well. Um, exactly. If, if you can talk to us a little bit, Lizzie, about you and Matt when you were doing this rolling out. Obviously, you guys um, you know needed funding to do this. How, how did you approach fundraising, and you know, sure. you start out friends and family, and what was next? You got it. Yep. Uh, started out totally bootstrapped, like friends and family. We lived in this like crappy little house in Boulder and like had a, like, we were like living on like Dale bagels and ramen and stuff. Like we, we, uh, like awesome. we had no money. Um, yeah. so we were very bootstrappy in the very beginning, like, and we've always run a lean team and a lean company. Um, but eventually, you know, when you really want to, if you want to grow, you have to raise money. So we raised, um, a VC round from Boulder Food Group, and that's actually been our only institutional um, investor. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we are VC funded good, now. Good, but good, good folks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, really good people. Uh, um, in in terms of, uh, of of distribution and brokers and stuff, uh, obviously you and Matt were the two salespeople to start off with. How, yeah, how we we wore all the hats. <laughs> how did how did you branch out in that, and when did you decide to? to go with a broker or, or how did that work? Um, we started with regional brokers because, you know, a big national one wouldn't take us and we wouldn't be able to afford them anyway. Um, and as we, you know, organically started growing, eventually we did switch to like to Acosta for most stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, we had, we went through different phases of brokers, like starting with really more local ones. Um, but as we got national distribution, it just was, it, it became, it becomes much easier to manage accounts when you just have one um, main one. So it was an evolution. Um, in, in terms of product development, um, I mean, pancakes, I got it, waffles, that's right, got it going. Um, did you guys go through a step of saying, hey, what's the sort of next product so we're gonna make sure we get breakfast covered? Or how do you go through that? Um, so we wanted to really own pancakes and we only got into waffles in, um, we really only launched that like 2018. So we, we, we now play in multiple categories, but for the first many years, we just stayed laser focused on winning in pancakes and getting to that number one. Um, and so like owning that category, even though it's very tempting to get into, to, you know, as an entrepreneur, we want to, we have plenty of ideas and we, we'd have board meetings and be like, Oh my God, what if we do this and this and this, and then everyone be like, okay, guys, focus, let's win in pancakes first. But when we, 
like frozen waffles was a logical extension um, that we only got into fairly recently. It's been going extremely well. Um, And then the baking cups, we wanted to, you know, we've always, we see Birch Benders as a a platform brand. I I could see there's so many aisles at a grocery store where I think we could play. Like ultimately, you know, we're like, our mission is we want to uh, bring people together. We want to make your favorite foods better. And we want to fill your days with stacks of fun. So we, we love um, any category, any food that you like that maybe is that you loved as a kid. Like we want to make it so you can sure. enjoy it as an adult, no guilt. So, um, so then baking, cu- um, baking cups, that which we launched um, this year, that was our first foray outside of breakfast and it's been going extremely well. Um, relaunching syrups this year, which are going to be so awesome. Um, they taste great. And yeah, you know, there's, we're, we're just getting started. There's so many categories where I think we can go, but we're trying to, you know, also be disciplined and um, not go too broad, but like make sure that we're going into being just disciplined about our growth. Yeah. Have you been surprised at the staying power of like keto and paleo? No. No. Um, I mean, because I really believe in the nutritional, call it, whether you call it like Atkins or keto or low carb, like, I really believe in the nutritional properties behind those, both, both diets. Like I believe it, uh, you know, and, and we need to eat less sugar. It's so, yes. there, I mean, no added sugar, it's grain free, gluten free. And, and if you've done keto, like it works, it just does. Um, so I, I totally, I, I think that's here to say, I don't think eating like sugar laden foods is going to ever be considered healthy again. That said, you know, we offer, we, are all about being inclusive and diverse. So we, you know, we have products that do have more sugar and we have products that are organic and full of gluten. And we have products that are gluten-free and we have keto and we have paleo. We're not, we're, we, we're always wanting to innovate in, um, in trends and in diets and lifestyles that we believe in um, and, and offer something for everyone. From, from a marketing standpoint, what I've kind of found fascinating about both keto, paleo and, and the whole 30 stuff is um, that it really cuts across a set of demographics. It, it's not easily, you can't say, oh, it's, these are millennials and they're higher in education and they all earn, you know, 60,000 plus a year. Uh, the paleo and, and keto, especially, I mean, it can be anybody from anywhere yeah. who goes, hey, I'm going to change the way that I'm doing this. Oh, and by the way, I see that it works. So it's it, it, it totally, yeah, it works. So no, yeah, I, I think the, um, the properties behind both those um, lifestyles, keto and paleo, I think are here to say, even if it's, if later people just call it low carb or whatever you call it, the, um, yep. the properties behind it do work. Um, Lizzie, when you, and you guys were obviously, you're very um, well established at retail, whatever. What happened when COVID hit? Um, we, you know, COVID. It, it was interesting, you know, in late March, like everyone, there was a huge spike in panic buying. So we did see a huge spike in scales, but sales, but now it's come back to um, about normal. So um, there was a brief period of like, it was tough to keep up with demand, but um, it's normalized now. So it's, I think we, um, I, I mean, I think the new people have tried our products because of it, particularly during that yep. period where there was all that panic buying, but um we haven't had too much disturbance. We're lucky to be in a category that's in categories that are pretty desirable during this time. Um, we, we haven't had um, 
we've had like minimal supply chain issues, fortunately. Um, and our team's been amazing. It's, it, it was very stressful in the beginning, but now we're, we're all operating remotely and it's been going, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, did, and we're not changing have... like any of our innovation play, plans or delaying anything because okay. of COVID well, we're, we're operating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, ta- I've talked to some people who have said, you know, hey, we, we had something that we're going to go ahead with. And I've talked to some other people who said, you know, we're going to back this off to yeah. Q4 just because we're just not sure what happens in, in second wave or, or whatever. And uh, how, how about your e-commerce, you know, uh, face and, and, and basically digital shelf? How's, how's that been working? Um, it's good. You know, we actually just hired um, someone in-house to um, – as a director of e-commerce to really uh, like focus on that more. Um, but it's, it's been our e-commerce sales and Amazon, it's been really strong and there's yep. so much more opportunity to grow. So we're excited to have someone totally devoted to that full time. Um, yeah. That, but it, yeah. It, it's been a lifesaver for a lot of people at this point, you know, who maybe weren't, you know, weren't as well established in retail or who basically were some non-essential goods. It's like, yeah. whoa, you know, now, now what do we do? You know, we were, we were fortunate, like we were like well set up before. Um, so, and it's just going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so from, from the standpoint of, I mean, when people start going back to, which they, they have started going back to stores with, without running everything out of toilet paper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But there have been certainly some supply chain issues. Did you guys have anything like, you know, an ingredient or whatever that all of a sudden got a little bit tight during, during this? No, um, sure. we've okay, been incredibly lucky. Um, so far, so good. No, we've, it's, we're very fortunate to be in, in our categories. Some categories have not fared well, like uh, bars, for instance, um, like yep. nutrition, sports bars and all of that. That's been very tough category and, and there's many others, but no, we haven't. We've knock on wood. We've been really lucky. <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah. and that and and also you know being shelf stable product and stuff. Now, yeah, that's, totally. That's also huge. You know, perishables, um, definitely a bigger a bigger challenge. And between the supply chain, but also um, just communication. So now, getting, absolutely, buyers are getting more used to digital communication and you know purchasing whatever, and they're seeing what what people are coming back to the stores to, to buy. But I think if you are not to say impulse, but if you're not a core shopping list item, I, I still think it's going to be a big challenge because people are not spending the time in stores that they use. No, to. they're going, they're going really quickly. Yeah. A lot, lot more list shopping. So um, looking back on it now, Liz, what, um, what would you point out as like the biggest challenge that you guys had to overcome? What was the thing you thought maybe you might not be able to get over that hill? Hmm. we've had a couple, you know, we've had a couple. Um, we, when we initially launched our frozen waffles, our factory burned down to the ground. That was pretty rough. So that had to like, oh. it was, took a year to get that back in order. That was um, pretty painful because we got distribution, like a ton of distribution in stores like target who were really pissed at us. Um, sure. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. And it, it was, it was ugly. Um, another one was, um, when the avian bird flu hit, that was also when we were supposed to be launching in Target and all of our recipes had egg. And so we had to reformulate like literally everything and in record time and we managed to, um, but to remove the egg, but it was a uh, pretty crazy, very stressful. Um, 
Yeah, so I think the most stressful things have been, yeah, supply chain um, hurdles, but we've we've overcome yeah, them all. Amazing. And, you know, you get stronger when you overcome difficulties. You really do. So the team, our team's amazing. Yep. And you and Matt are also one of a number of couples in the NOSH space that have done, um, you, you know, very well with products and stuff. How do you guys work with that versus your marriage, responsibilities? How do you sort of um, that? It's once we like, you know, if there's not really like a, a line between our, between the business and, and personal life. It's all just kind of, um, it's all, I, I've stopped trying to like stop working at 5 PM. I just don't worry about it anymore. We, we love what we do. So it's fun. Um, and yep. we've been working together before we were married and now we have a kid and it's just, it, it's a family affair. Um, it just works for us. A lot of people will be like, how do you work? with your husband that's crazy I, I i've it's all i've known it's and it's uh i don't know it just works it's a lot of fun and and how, how has whalen impacted that now <laughs> how are you balancing that um i it's not it's been a little crazy but um you know we we're just working from home and he's a really good boy and uh, doing the best we can it's the silver lining i think in all of this is i'm spending so much more time with him than i would have been. Would have otherwise. Been, right. Yeah. So sure. it's uh it's been really a joy. That's amazing. He's incredible. Uh, um five years down the road, what do you see Birch Benders doing? I see Birch Benders in so many more aisles at the grocery store. Uh, just offering delicious, delicious options of all your favorite foods. So I I'm so excited to see where this brand can go. Um, but we we've you know proven that we can win in multiple categories. So I see us in um I see us just ex- continuing to expand in new categories and offer delicious options for, for everyone, Give, whether you you're, mean, you know, whatever diet yeah. lifestyle you're living, like we want to accommodate. Given the product lineup, Lizzie, and the success you had, have anybody like a General Mills or somebody called you, contacted you, whatever about, you know, maybe just buying the brand? <laughs> you know, you, at the shows, you always meet with people, but you know, there are there's been ongoing conversations, but like with anyone, with any brand that's going well, but we're just focusing on our growth and not worrying about that any of that yet. Yeah, yeah, it that it, it'll come for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I have to relate, folks, to a, a story. So Lizzie and I've been actually been trying to do this program for a little while, and a whole bunch of things whether it was Lizzie being busy, me being busy, some emergency stuff coming up, whatever. But a while back we had connected and talked about the show and at least I don't remember if you remember this or not, but at any rate, there's a mailing that we do for the webcast or for the podcast every week. And one day I got back an unsubscribe from Lizzie and I was, I was crushed. I went, wait a minute. When I made the short list of people I wanted to have on the you know, the, the, the show Birchbenders was like, you know, right there. So I sent a note to her and I said, you know, I sent a note to you and I, I said, you know, Liz, I, I really appreciate, I'll take you off the list. No problem. But this doesn't mean that you're not going to be a guest on the show. Right. And you go back <laughs> yeah. and went, no, 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 no. It's busy. And there's all this stuff and I have to clean my inbox and whatever. Yeah. But no, no, we'll do it. Okay. Oh, I'm okay, so okay. sorry. I know. No, no, that's all right. It's no problem. It's just that don't, don't just, you know, uh, you have to be persistent sometimes, you don't want to be a problem, but you, you've got to do just, just remember that so well. I'm so glad we got to, we got to do Oh, this. me too. Um, yeah. Um, one piece of advice I got from a mentor of mine is like, 
um, the, the phrase, like, I apologize in advance for my persistence and definitely use that phrase myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. In, in advance. <laughs> yeah, yes. You got to know where that's going. Uh, and, and actually, Liz, that's one of the things we, you know, we do. We, we try to get our guests to, uh, if they can, summarize for fellow entrepreneurs who make up our audience for the most part, um, is, you know, one one phrase or one word or one issue and, and, and maybe that's it that um, that you want to pass along to them in terms of trying to overcome their challenges of building a business. Sure. Um, oh man, there's so many things you've learned um, in this crazy journey of running a business. Um, but one of one big one, I think for me, and it sounds straightforward, but it's so important. It's just trust your gut. Um, almost when I yep. look back at the mistakes we've made, um, it's always been, like we, we didn't listen to our gut. So um, trust yourself and, um, and yeah, just trust your gut always. Um, another, let me think. I mean, so data is great, um, but it's yeah. important to know when to like, when to listen to the data and when to completely ignore it, especially yeah. because in, innovation doesn't exist in, in data. So you can't, being data driven is very good and we are very data driven as a company, but we don't let it shape innovation because if it's innovative, it won't exist in the data. So it's just something uh, like it's something important to think about. Um, awesome. Yeah. And that is, that is great advice. Well, I appreciate you so much taking the time to be with us today and really, of course, really it's my pleasure. It. Thank you. Absolutely. And I also want to thank all the rest of you for joining us here on the next level brands podcast. Lizzie, by the way, I know people can get, just about any store they go to, but what's the, what's the website if they want to learn more about Birchbenders products? It is birchbenders.com. Birchbenders.com. You got it. Yeah. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks to the audience. And we are brought to you today, of course, by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of online and in-person courses, workshops, and webinars for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. What you need to know to grow, that's kitchentoshelf.com. This is Steve Clear, and we will see you all next time. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at next with two X's, levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.